So I'm very, you know, so here you see this coming to Daily Wire. It's going to make them a lot of money. Um, the truth of the matter is both Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens have a history of grifting, massive grift. Mm -hmm. Ben Shapiro, at that critical moment, when they rolled out the vaccines, Operation Warp Speed, he pimped the Pfizer vaccines for 18 months, shamed his audience mercilessly into getting the vaccines, mm -hmm. mocked the unvaccinated. Yes, thank you very much, Ben Shapiro. I appreciate you not forcing your employees to get the vaccine like they did over at Fox News. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, he was a major problem. Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. <laughs> Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke, currently running this whole bad boy by myself because whenever I have a guest, it's always just me because Josh, we don't have enough room for Josh. So if I screw up this audio, I'm just going to blame Shannon. There we go. Let me just put it on that. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, Shannon. I appreciate you being here. Shannon, for those that don't know, is also another podcaster. She's a, a voice in the conservative movement. Discovered you on Twitter. You had, uh, I, I, you'd been tweeting some things. It's like, okay, I'm going to follow her. Like, she has some really good takes out there. And that's, and this is our first time actually talking. So welcome to the show, Shannon. Glad to have you here. I'm so glad to be with you. I always get in trouble on Twitter. Always. <laughs> that's where I got in my biggest trouble. I was one of, were you one of the permanently suspended in 2021? Oh, yeah. Got 22 and 20. I, I kept making fake accounts and I keep getting banned. It's like, all right, whatever. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. <laughs> I have two accounts now. Yeah. There's the at Shannon Joy Radio is my main Twitter account. And then I have at Shannon Joy Radio with a zero at the end. Mm -hmm. And that's where I go when I get spanked, when I get in trouble <laughs> and I, you know, I make a contrarian view about this or that. Right now, it's, I mean, things are crazy. It's so crazy. We are oh my God, yeah. dystopia right now. Sure. Oh my God. What got you into podcasting? What got you into the space? I started my own radio broadcast 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And this was after being in sales and marketing for television, billboard and radio for about 15 years. And I just got sick of everyone I heard on the radio and on Fox news. And I'm like, what is going on? I have three small kids. They need Liberty. Everything is, you know, going to hell in a handbasket. It was, I think, the second term of the Obama administration, and I identified at the time as a Republican conservative. I'm a Christian and was really just like, wow, these people are really bad at what they do and their messaging is awful. Maybe I'll get into this space and start my show 
And I was independent from the very beginning because I know how to sell ads. So I was able to self-support and support my own show um, right around. And we did fine. I mean, I was at a very tiny little radio station in a double wide trailer in a cornfield and was able to, you know, build up my billing. I had lots of advertisers. I was growing the listenership, really getting into Twitter and Facebook. And then Trump came down mm -hmm. the elevator and uh, basically took all the, the air out of the conservative movement. I was not a Trump fan and I didn't vote for him. And I was vocal about why I didn't support Trump. And it was really his ideology, his principles, his past, uh, just a variety of different things. And that was my original, I mean, heretical, contrarian view that got me booted off of the double wide station. But landed because you didn't support Trump, they kicked you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. The owner, I mean, it was his own little fiefdom and he could not. Mm. I mean, he let me st stick around for about a year into the Trump administration and just could not stand. I mean, it became more and more hostile. And so they booted me off of the show it was terrible. I mean, I had, I was billing, I mean, I had seven or eight advertisers, um, of thriving business and they sent an official, you know, certified letter saying, don't come in. This was Thanksgiving, uh, you know, a few years ago it was the day after Thanksgiving. And I'm like, Oh crap, where do I go? So then I ended up, you know, in 30 days, I ended up on a 50,000 watt blowtorch AM station right here. It was a clear channel in Rochester, New York. And so I basically pivoted my show. It was frankly a miracle, continued to build the Twitter and the Facebook social media and my national presence there. And then COVID happened. Mm. And then my next heretical, uh, contrarian viewpoint was about two weeks after the lockdown, like this is complete BS. This is a PSYOP. This, yep. you know, all COVID roads lead to forced vaccination. That's what I told my audience. I refused to wear a mask. Ended up getting arrested at a school board meeting because my mask came below my nose. Like I'm just always getting into trouble. Got booted off of Twitter <laughs> and was able to say I'm still on my 50,000 watt station, but I platformed to podcast and video casting on rumble about 10 months ago Smart. because yeah because i'm like i've got i have my own website but i'm like i keep getting thrown off of platforms and mm -hmm. we were just talking about how we're entering into the cancel season like getting thrown off of platforms coming up with a presidential election i'm still not for trump because of the exact same reasons that i wasn't for him in 2015 mm -hmm. and uh, again being a conservative person in that space there's just, I mean, there's a lot more room for it now than there was yeah, back in sure. 2015, let me tell you. But so now I'm not, I'm no longer a Republican. I am an independent registered conservative in New York state. That makes me a blank, no party. Mm -hmm. So I'm a blank. Um, and my general thesis is I think we should have a real choice for a presidential election. I'm done with Trump. I'm done with Biden. I think that I like the outsiders. So I'm advocating that DeSantis win the primary, and I would like to see DeSantis go up against RFK Jr. Because I think that would be a more honest choice, mm -hmm. even though I think presidential politics is completely corrupted. Oh, yeah. DC is a nightmare. And I really advocate like bottom up decentralized resistance, refusal to comply and all that kind of stuff. But that's a different, you know, so that's me in a nutshell. You think you think it's going to be RFK versus, um, you, so you say you'd like to say that, but do you think I that's going to be the total tally? Well, it's going to depend on an independent media. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's uh, the mainstream news media, Con Inc., Conservative Inc., Fox News, Newsmax, 
uh, Newsmax, all of the left-wing news outlets, they're all fully invested in a Trump versus Biden or a mm. Trump versus whoever replaces Biden. So what about Newsom? Newsom. It could be Newsom. I think it's going to be Newsom. Um, yeah. The bottom line is, though, that <laughs> that that keeps the money chugging along. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. That keeps the money train going. But you know, everyone knows that Trump, I mean, just the, the unfavorables, his legal troubles, the 91 indictments, it's just a disaster. Plus the fact that he was the guy that locked us down, you know, gave Fauci the crown, implemented op Operation Warp Speed, and now is doubling, tripling, and quadrupling down on it. Yeah. Um, Trump would be a disaster as a candidate. He would be disastrous as a president. Because once the central banking digital currency comes in with the economic collapse, he's going to be the front guy. If he ends up being president, meaning he's placed in the presidency, he's there to be the pitch man to conservatives to get us into the central banking digital concern. Uh, I could honestly see him doing that. I could legitimately oh, see him. Because, I mean, it, yeah. people are going to make that akin to crypto. And yeah. the way that somebody would position that, it'd be like, look, you know, this is this is something that's going to keep us away from, you know, government tracking when, in fact, it'd be the exact opposite. Never right. thought of it like that. Uh, for me, it's like, I don't think RFK stands a chance. Because RFK, I look at him as uh, the same as, like, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Bernie Bro, that you buck the DNC establishment. There's a reason that RFK has decided to run independent because he knows he doesn't have a chance in the yeah. DNC. And see, does he pick up momentum? I think the biggest question people are asking are, though, is who is he going to steal votes from? Do you think if, say, let's just say, uh, let's just say it's a Trump, RFK, Biden run. Who do you think you see RFK stealing votes from? I think it's a horse race. I think yeah. that RFK is a different candidate. Number one, he has legacy and he has name recognition. And that's one thing that independent challengers have never had in the past 20 years. It really, they had grassroots movements, great positions. They really captivated a small percentage of the American population in their imagination, but they just never had the name yeah. recognition. Yeah. Having the Kennedy, regardless of where he stands and regardless of whether or not some of his you know, brothers and sisters don't like him for what he's saying, um, you cannot erase that heritage and that name recognition. So that makes him a player already. He can also fundraise. He did 11 million, I believe, in the last report reporting or more. Um, he is polling in double digits nationally. That's another thing you haven't seen from independent candidates ever. So that's going to get him a position on the debate stage so he can fundraise. He has the money behind him. He has the name recognition. He also has the policy, um, you know, and the gravitas. He knows these issues. He knows every issue. He's a truth teller. I'm not saying I'm for him. Right. There's you're a few you're telling about him. the reason why he could be appealing, oh, be appealing yeah. to some people. Yeah. And if he, yeah. if he peels off, he'll peel off from both. He'll peel, he'll grab Democrats and Republicans. That's why he's such an interesting candidate. See, I used to think that way, but then he's actually come out with some hot takes in regards to his assault weapons bans. He talked about like, if something hit my desk, I'd sign it. It's like, okay, well you just lost the 2A community. And then he talked about essentially going after colleges that allow anti-Semitism, which he had actually a lot of campaigners resign over because he's like, yeah. no, that's free speech. Like you have every right. But I mean, if you actually get into the weeds on that one, it's like, it's a private business. They can do whatever the hell they want to do as free speech applies to the government. But I, I see RFK's positioning. I think that what makes him so appealing to a lot of people is his stand specifically on COVID and the transparency. Sure. And that resonates with a lot of the Trump people because, and this is what I think, and this is why I love like this point, uh, caveats to the point of, 
how Trump helped with the lockdowns. The reason that RFK resonates so much is because he's calling for the transparency from the beginning of the Trump administration up until the Biden administration saying like, what's being done behind the scenes here? There's a lot of people that fell victim to this vaccine that has actually hurt them, killed them, permanently disabled them. We need transparency. So I kind of feel like any conservative that would uh, look at RFK as someone that's just kind of like, you know, I don't think he's going to steal votes from Trump. I see how he could. I just don't know if it's going to be enough. And then if we put DeSantis up there, I don't see him stealing support from DeSantis. I just don't. Yeah. I've been an advocate for RFK Jr. in the process, mm -hmm. particularly for the elevation of the issue of COVID-19 lockdowns, forced uh, jabs, Operation mm -hmm. warp, warp Speed, etc. And as you know, I was reporting one of the reasons I think within two weeks in, in March of 2020, I knew exactly what, what was going on. Um, part of the reason I knew what was going on is because I've been on the vaccine beat for about eight years. So mm -hmm. I started reporting on vaccines in general, this, the childhood schedule, uh, vaccine injury, VAERS yeah. reporting, the pharmaceutical regulatory capture of so many of our agencies and also the 1980s vaccine legislation that unfortunately was, was signed by President Ronald Reagan that gave the original immunity to vaccine manufacturers. So I had been using Bobby Kennedy Jr. and Children's Health Defense and Dell Big Tree and Highwire, you know, for show prep for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And he's done in terms of consistency, I mean, he has taken it, it's hard to fathom how difficult his path has been. Um from then until now. And so there are problems with RFK Jr., but there's also a nuance to him that I think is really interesting, culturally mm. speaking. And I do think we're at a, we're definitely at a moment in American history that will be written about in the history books where we're going to go one direction or another with this country. And there are certain key players that are relevant and so, you know, to have him on the debate stage to bring the vaccine issue to the fore, I think is a good thing. Um, but I think, you know, if independent media and if enough of us continue to reject the false choices, which would be a, a Trump versus Biden, and really continue to push this idea that the primary is not over, that DeSantis right. does have a shot, he does have ground game and fundraising capabilities, that we could actually oust Trump. And he needs to be ousted. He needs to go away, and he needs to go away forever. He has been a disaster, in my opinion, in every conceivable way, from dividing the conservative movement, confusing people ideologically about what it means to be a constitutionalist or conservative yeah. or a Republican, um, pushing left-wing agenda items, the First Step Act, was jailbreak. That was a massive piece of legislation. If we're worried about crime today and emptying the prisons, it's because of the legislation that he pushed with Kanye West mm -hmm. and Kim Kardashian mm -hmm. back during his tenure. He never closed the border, never built the wall. He, I mean, spending beyond belief, growing government. And then the, the final blow to our country, which was COVID-19 and the lockdowns and the vaccines. That to me makes him completely... Yeah out of the question in any sort of leadership capacity whatsoever. He needs to go away. He needs to retire. But he's doing this because he needs to cut a deal. He has 91 indictments. He's in big trouble. He's an old man. He doesn't have enough money. And so he needs to continue this charade in order to be able to cut a deal 
It's a last hour. So and continue to fundraise off of it, line his pockets 100%. I mean, it's oh, yeah. as clear then, as day. And then he'll give up. He'll throw the election. He'll and hand he'll, the election yeah. to the Democrats. Martyrdom. It was yeah. rigged. Yada, yada, yada. Right. <clears throat> right. If we want to do this again, I mean, this is Groundhog Day political hell. This yeah. is, I mean, so. It's, I feel it's the 2020 stolen election thing. I, I feel most conservative pundits are out there saying we need to move past this. Like, we need to go on. Because, yeah. you know, at the same time, when Trump talked about that, you know, they were going to steal, they're going to rig the election prior to the 2020 election. He signs the CARES Act that enables so much mail-in voter fraud that he said this is how they're going to cheat. So it's just like, bro, uh, you know, I have to go by. Let me back up real quick. A long time ago, a friend of mine, he's a police officer, and it was a lot of the uh, police brutality videos were circulating all over social media. And he said, John, here's what you need to do. Watch the video, but turn the volume off. Don't listen to the volume. Watch the actions. And he said, then you're going to get to the truth of the matter because the audio conflates emotion with comments. Mm. Or it, uh, it separates them, rather. Excuse me. And so I started doing that. So when I look at politicians, I don't want to listen to the rhetoric. I want to look at the actions. And the actions of Donald Trump and the rest of them, I am not aligned with. with I, I find to be just so unconstitutional. So. Yeah. I've, I've said this so many times and I don't want to go into the Trump thing because I want to talk about some other things in regards to what's trending right now on Twitter, which I know you have a very interesting hot take on this one in regards to Candace Owens versus Ben Shapiro. Right. But I, I see what is happening with Donald Trump as one of those things If this is entirely about the cult of personality, which segues us into Candace Owens. Candace Owens seems to be the, uh, the topic of the hour right now. But before we get into that, folks, hey, this episode is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. Shannon, did you know there's an amazing company out there that makes their own CBD, Delta 8, Delta 9? Hey, I'm a conservative, but I like getting baked just like the rest of the hippies at Woodstock. I'm right there for you. To the boomers out there that are pearl clutching, you can go home and drink a six-pack, but I can't pop a gummy and make myself feel good? I'm, I think I can. I believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. ShellshockCBD.com. It's my company. We've been in business since 2019. Sponsor uh, Mike Baker's podcast. We've uh, He's coming on the show next week excited to have mike baker from who does the president's daily brief very he's very he's, he's baked i he's don't baked. see mike as being somebody that gets baked this guy's ex-cia and when you look at him it's like he looks like he, he looks like he does his his bed in like hospital corners every day oh, and he's sure, got a sure. silverware line that like i don't nothing wrong with that but uh shell shock cd by the way we're giving away over a thousand dollars in free product for black friday how do you enter to win I'm posting a link in Rumble right now. All you got to do is go sign up for the email list. No, we do not sell your emails. You have my word on that. We've never done that. Why am I going to give away your emails when I can keep them for myself and make more money? That makes no sense to me. I'm totally, I mean, it's actually true. Why would I do that? But anyway, go sign up. And then don't forget, there's two deals we're running. You can sign up for the email list now and be entered to win. And then on Black Friday, that starts September 22nd, if you purchase anything in regards to the Black Friday bundle deals, you're also entered to win. So you could win up to $1,000 of free product. You can't beat that with a brick stick. What does CBD do? It's great for stress. It's great for anxiety. This is not your gas station CBD that you buy at Walmart. This actually works. How do I know this? Simple. Every single product that we sell comes with a 100% money back guarantee. No questions asked. I'm that confident. We've got so many people that are listening on Rumble. They've been customers for years. They can attest to this, folks. I'm not lying. That's why we're a very, very successful company. All right, let's get into this. All I've right. been, I think the last 24 hours on, I love being back on Twitter. I'm not going to lie. There is just something about Twitter that I am just drawn to now. Me too. Because now it gives the people a direct line to the, the people that we we agree with, we disagree with. But let me first start. Let's Let's go back to what started this all. I believe Candace Owens should never have been hired by the Daily Wire. Um, Candace Owens has been a constant problem for a lot of people out there. Not, well, somewhat in regards to her takes, but, you know, every every political pundit's going to be different. Fair enough. But what started this was um, essentially the Gaza um, 
the Gaza altercation mm-hmm. is that, you know, Ben Shapiro, he's Jewish. We all know this. He has a special place in his heart for Jewish people, especially if Israel. I get that. It'd be no different than an American being over in Europe and saying, I care about America. It's my home country, yada, 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 or my family in Texas, whatever the case. And people always make that, well, it's an Israel first position. It's like, no, it's actually not. It's saying that you can hold two positions to be mutually true at the same time that I love my country, but I also respect the homeland where my people are from. It's a little different there. But anyway, and I am not advocating for committing any troops or foreign aid to Israel. That's not what I'm saying here. But anyway, this whole altercation blows up. And as a political commentator with the presence that Candace Owens has, it's naturally to be expected. People are going to go to her and say, what's your take on this? You have a take on literally everything else under the sun. What's your take with this? And I was on Austin Peterson's show this morning, which I, I highly suggest you give AP for Liberty a follow. He's a libertarian slash conservative. Very, very intelligent guy. He got me. Yeah. Do, you, do you follow Austin? I, I know Austin. Oh, there I, you go. Okay. Years ago. Okay. Something in New York. He was doing something in New York. He was on my show, my radio show, back when I was in the double wide trailer. In the oh, morning. okay. Small yeah. world. And so, yeah, we've been connected and I've kept a, you know, half an eye on his career mm-hmm. and he's doing great. He's a great person. Yeah. And yeah, so she's- Him and Steph are wonderful. Yeah. So tell me, tell me all about it. Cause I didn't hear that in that exchange. Uh, no, it was just basically recapping what we're talking about now. And uh, I said that, you know, Candace Owens, I feel like she didn't know a lot, just like I think a lot of Americans, quite honestly, nobody could have pointed to a map and told us where Ukraine was prior to Russia invading it or even Iraq before the war right, kicked right, off. Right. I feel like the same thing applies to the Russia-Palestine issue. There are a lot of people out there that just didn't really have an in-depth clue as to what was going on. I think Candace is one of them. So instead of just, you know, positioning herself, which is very difficult to do when you're a commentator by saying like, look, I don't really know a lot about this, so I'm going to withhold my opinion because I don't want to sit there and address something that I'm not educated on. I think that would be a foolish thing to do. But instead, she started taking the approach of, you know, what happened in Palestine is horrible, which we can all agree on that. But then the response of Israel, she started making these little subtle nods and winks at genocide, and she posted this stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's been doing this. And then she brings on a prominent Jewish figure who in that interview, and it went pretty viral, he talked about how uh, the people that are living in Israel, and some of them are Muslims, he talked about like, you know, there's over 22,000 Muslims living in Israel. And she kind of tried to, to allude to the fact, it's like, so they're forced to live in their own little segregation, right? Because there's such a bastion of freedom. And it's like, no, that's not the way it works. It's like, again, it's the same as Little Italy in New York, Chinatown, places like that. People tend to go where their communities are. You have black communities, you have, you can't have a white community because if you do your racist though them's just democrat right, right, right. rules yeah, so yeah. she she continuously takes this position of palestine what they did or hamas what they did was wrong but what israel's doing is also wrong which seems to be a tactic adopted heavily by the libertarian party right now but they're they're never taken seriously because they're always just spineless when it comes to that kind of stuff but i think what happened though is that shapiro finally had enough of this and the most recent things that have happened. This is why I call this episode Ben Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens round two is that Ben finally tweeted out at her because uh, Candace Owens had been making all these tweets and this is why I'm, I'm saying all this for context. She'd been making all these tweets, all these, all these interviews about how, you know, genocide, 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 and she'd been receiving a lot of criticism for it. And then she starts quoting scripture something that she never does. She never does that. She said in an interview that's circulating right now, um, a long time ago said, I, you know, Charlie Kirk is a Christian. I'm not, I don't weigh in on these stuffs. I don't, you know, it's not my thing. And of course people have the right to change their mind, but she comes out and she quotes scripture. And in that scripture, she talks about peace be, or, uh, you know, blessed be the peacekeepers. 
in a subtle, again, nuanced little wink, wink, nod, nod about like, this is how I feel about Israel. You know, you claim to be of God, yet you're not of peace. And so everybody knew what she was doing here. And so Shapiro tweets back at her. I think it was yesterday. It says, look, Candace, if taking money from Daily Wire, inter- you know, it, it, I'm paraphrasing, but creates an issue, then you can feel free to quit. And as a result of this, this is the worst thing that she could have done. Uh, and partly what I want to talk about today is that she then shifts the Overton window from Israel genocide to Ben's now trying to say that I, as a Daily Wire employee, cannot quote scripture when Ben said nothing about that. Mm-hmm. So now Jack Sobasek, Candace Owens, all the turning point shills and masters yep. are starting to quote Christ is King. Now, oh, if you God. go look at if you go look at Candace yeah. Owens um, Twitter and you look it up, the last time she said Christ is King or anything remotely like it was like 48 hours ago. Twice she's posted on Twitter about this all within the last 48 hours. Yeah. So what they've effectively done now is use Christ as a means of deflecting any criticisms of their nuanced stance in regards to saying that Israel is committing genocide. And I think a lot of conservatives out there are seeing what she's doing here. And it's a very disgusting tactic. Charlie Kirk is weighing in on this one saying, you know, Ben Shapiro shouldn't be doing that. You know, everybody should be able to quote scripture. It's like, bro, you are gaslighting and you know exactly what you're doing. Mm. This is a leftist take. And that's why I feel like someone like Candace Owens, um, not even to mention, not even to mention the interview she did with Tucker Carlson, where she basically said anyone that's voting for, and I shouldn't say anyone, but she talked about that. There's a lot of never Trumpers that are voting for Ron DeSantis. It's like, that's actually not the case. It's not that we yeah. were never Trumpers. I voted for Trump twice. Uh, I'm not in favor of Trump anymore. So right. it, this is a big bundle. So I'll shift it over to you. What are your thoughts on this? And well, no, it- no, Shannon, this is not made up for social media. I, I can argue this because I saw, I saw what she's like, ah, I think they're making the no, because Owens is losing a lot of support on this one. This could potentially tank her. So anyway. Yeah, but the razzle dazzle and who doesn't love a nice feud between <laughs> two people under the Daily Wire umbrella. Everyone's talking about Ben. Everyone's yeah. talking about Candace. And what are they effectively doing right now? They are dividing multiple communities, right? Mm-hmm. On the line of Israel, Palestine. And so my take from the beginning, I've I've been focusing very heavily on the fifth generation warfare and the psychological tactics of divide and conquer. And there is a great speech by Dr. Robert Malone, who I hosted here in Rochester, New York, along with Naomi Wolf and Jeffrey Tucker, a lot of the medical freedom movement people from way back in the day, talking about fifth generation warfare and the tactic of using psyops, using gaslighting, using these types of techniques to divide strongholds. Now, I wouldn't consider Daily Wire to be, I would, I'll, I'll tell you what I did on my show today. <clears throat> Um, I do believe, you know, I'm not sure how coordinated this is or how this is all playing out, but I do believe at this point that it could be likely that this is a bit of kabuki theater, a bit of WWE wrestling. Mm -hmm. If things were really devolving, attorneys would be involved. There'd be, I mean, this would be this, it, it, it wouldn't be this kind of you know, sniping back and forth on secret video. Well, Owens has a history of that, though. She's got she's done that with people like Nicole Arbor. She's done this with a lot of people. Part of her shtick, because that's yeah, 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 yeah. True. Okay, so the shtick makes money, and it gets views, and it gets takes. And you can't forget that Ben Shapiro also went and you know there was this secret undercover video 
where he called her behavior abhorrent yeah. and shameful. Her takes are unsophisticated mm -hmm. and jabbed her a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, who benefits here? Well, what you have is you have a community, the Daily Wire community that is split right down the middle. Mm -hmm. um, that could be good or bad. But also what I'm more interested in protecting is the medical freedom community. I can tell you as being someone deeply embedded into the medical freedom community, um, I've hosted Peter McCullough, Steve Kirsch, Dr. Robert Malone, mm -hmm. Jeffrey Tucker, Naomi Wolf, right here in Rochester, New York at my summits. And so I've spent weekends with them, uh, worked very closely with many of them. And I can tell you the medical freedom community is the closest to a freedom movement that we have not only in this country, but in the world. It was the one uh, bludgeon against full and total lockdown, um, succeeded in, in preventing 30 to 35% of the American population from getting the vaccines, which equals now a, a control group, which they mm -hmm. never wanted to, to exist. And this because if it does, group, if it, it does, it proves you it, wrong. Exactly. I mean, that 35%, which it might even be more than that. Really? Wait, wait, you're telling me that 35% of 350 million did not take the jab? At least. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought it had to be way more than that. At least. It, it could be closer to 40 or more. Okay. Did not take the jab, which is extraordinary. Wow. Yeah. That's uniquely American. That didn't happen in oh. any other Western democracy across the globe, including places like Israel, where there was a 98% uptake, mm -hmm. Australia, 99% uptake, New, New Zealand. So something very special happened here in the United States of America that is now causing all kinds of problems for the pharmaceutical corporations and the military industrial, industrial complex and the medical industrial complex. So the goal here is to break apart that movement. I can tell you the pressure has been immense within the medical freedom community to get people to take a side. You have to be pro-Palestine yeah. or pro-Israel mm -hmm. or anti-Palestine or anti-Israel. Pick a side, pick a side, pick mm -hmm. a side. So I'm very, you know, so here you see this coming to Daily Wire. It's going to make them a lot of money. Um, the truth of the matter is both Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens have a history of grifting, massive grift. Mm -hmm. Ben Shapiro, at that critical moment when they rolled out those vaccines, Operation Warp Speed, he pimped the Pfizer vaccines for 18 months, shamed his audience mercilessly into getting the vaccines, mm -hmm. mocked the unvaccinated. Yes, thank you very much, Ben Shapiro. I appreciate you not forcing your employees to get the vaccine like they did over at Fox News. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, he was a major problem, a major um, barrier in getting the word out about what the lockdowns really were and uh, about the vaccines. He then admitted to his audience, right, in a full mea culpa, we were lied to. I was lied to. Pfizer lied to us. Our government lied to us from the very beginning. Yeah, at a I very never understood high that. Yeah, and it's I'm like, like, Ben, you, know you should have known ben? better. Ben, Ben, oh. facts don't care about your feelings, okay? <laughs> You're the smartest guy in the room. Oh. You think that I'm going to buy that for one second <laughs> that you didn't know that you were lied to? I, Not at all. So then he comes out with a mea culpa, and then the issue goes away forever. Yeah. Never speak of a vaccine ever again. So he will cry crocodile tears over Israel mm -hmm. because he's emotional, because he has feelings now. Now, mm -hmm. Ben, the fact care about your feelings guy is all about his feels. He's all about the feelings, right? And banging the war drums for the military industrial complex once again 
in terms of this Israeli-Palestine conflict. Wait, did you but hear him say he wanted to commit troops? Well, I don't know if he, he's, you know what? He's preparing everyone for the okay, commitment of troops, okay. okay? Or for some type of military reaction. Okay. And he might not have gone that far yet. But here's the guy- Because last show I listened to, he actually called for the opposite. He's like, I think we should be a staunch supporter of Israel, but no troops, no funding, like let it go. Oh, Unless okay, it's changed, good. I don't know. Thank so. you. Okay, thank you. Again, he gives us the bare minimum, right? right? But crocodile tears over what's happening in Israel, which, by the way, was horrific. Mm -hmm. It was evil. It yeah. was vile. It was wrong. It was Hamas. We can all agree there. But he has nothing to say about the deployment of a bioweapon to hundreds of millions of Americans, which has killed hundreds of millions of Americans, which has maimed children, women, like the, nothing to say about Pfizer, nothing to say about the VSAFE data, the VAERS data, the daily clout, the Pfizer data coming out from Naomi Wolf and her team over at Daily Clout. What mm -hmm. McCullough is saying, of SV40 contamination, you have DNA now found by Canada Health that has been confirmed by multiple foreign agencies, right? You have all of these um, just world-renowned doctors and scientists calling for the removal of the vaccine from, from the market and Ben could care less about that death and destruction in his own country, in his own language, of his own people here in the mm. United States of America. But yet he's distracting people to the Israel thing. Why? It's it's those types of inconsistencies that I pick up on and I watch from my audience because it doesn't make sense. He's too smart. Mm. He's too smart to not be able to see this. Then you have Candace Owen on the other side, Candace Owens, who is now wrapping herself in the shroud of Christianity yeah. and quoting biblical scripture and talking about the Bible and Jesus <laughs> is king. When she platformed Andrew Tate, the most Thank you. Vital, you me to it. nasty, disgusting, horrific human being I have ever witnessed. By the way, she had a big problem about uh, what's his face? Um, Steven Crowder. When yeah. he spoke in a mean tone to his wife that was picked up on a hidden camera mm -hmm. in his home, yet she has nothing to say about Andrew Tape and the allegations, multiple allegations of rape, sex trafficking, money mm -hmm. laundering, and in his own admission, I mean, he he's vile. That's what I did my show on today. Mm -hmm. I went in the Wayback Machine and I pulled up clips from Ben Shapiro and Candace Owen and said, listen, we're now being forced to choose one or the other. Mm -hmm. Pick a side, Candace or Ben, Candace or Ben. How about neither? Yeah. How about neither? I'm sick of the grifting. I'm sick of the using the, you know, gaslighting your audiences. Candace was shameful in the manipulation of the video and the platforming of Andrew Tate. Yeah. And gaslighting her own audience. And by the way, Andrew Tate has been platformed by Tucker Carlson. I, yeah, I, I don't understand this. Like, I, I just saw there's a clip going viral of Tate. You know, it doesn't take much to to actually investigate the likes of Andrew Tate. We talked about that. He was pimping these girls, running their OnlyFans. Really? And he sits there and says other things like, are haram. It's like, bro, you are the worst case example of a quote unquote Muslim. I don't understand oh why gosh. anybody even listens to a thing you have to say. But then Tucker does an interview. Candace does an interview. And I understand that, you know, there are certain people out there that have big prominent names and followings and they're trending. So you want to get them on your show, but it's just like, wait a minute. Um, maybe take a step back and realize the caliber of person you're talking about. Cause you could, I'm waiting for Candace Owens to do an interview with Nick Fuentes. Cause I think it's probably coming. I, I could easily see something like that happen, because as long as they got a name, if they got following, if they're trending, if they're pop, whatever, we're going to do an interview. But when I saw Tucker platforming him, I'm just kind of like, I, I I'm, a, I'm at a loss yeah. because that was never like Tucker under Fox. Tucker really went after the truth. He went after a lot of things. Once he left Fox or rather he got fired. 
he just kind of spiraled. At first, he did good. Like his first episode, I watched. Like, okay, cool. And then he's just really, really gone down the uh, the drain on this stuff. And I'm like, what the hell? Which brings me to um, the uh, the interview that Candace Owens just did with Tucker. Um, I found it to be very ridiculous and self-serving that Tucker hosted Donald Trump during the first debates to try and deflect away from anybody watching the debates occurring. We all saw that. That's what Trump does. So in that interview, Tucker did nothing but softball him questions. He didn't question about COVID, no lockdown stuff. And that's why I feel like a reasoning is why Trump doesn't want to hit those debate stage. It's not so much as that Trump is scared. I don't think Trump scared anybody. It's that Trump can't back his platform and DeSantis has the receipts and the facts. Trump's not going to like that. But in regards to the most recent interview, Candace Owens comes out there and paraphrasing, saying that um, there's a large portion of DeSantis' base that are never Trumpers. And I'm sitting there as like, how is that even remotely possible? Like, do you know what you're talking about? Like, never Trumpers? It's like, we were, it's not that we're never Trumpers, we're just over Trumpers is what it really is. Because every single DeSantis person I've talked to, um, I follow a lot of the DeSantis people on Twitter and stuff like that. And the general consensus amongst all of them is that I voted for Trump not once, but if twice. And it's like, I'm done with it. I'm tired of the theatrics. I'm tired of the ridiculousness. DeSantis wanted to run. And I think a large portion of them said, I split from Trump when he started attacking DeSantis. Like this was no, there was yeah. no call for this. Yeah. So when Candace goes up there, what she's really trying to do is try and paint it as if, because originally, who were the original never Trumpers? It was Democrats. They were like, I will never vote for Trump. Well, you too. There, there were a small fraction of conservatives like the, the Ted Cruz during the original primaries. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't classify them necessarily as never Trumpers. They were just Republicans saying, I have a different pick. Because it I wasn't, wasn't MAGA was yet. Never, that was a name that was given to us yeah. that was never anything that that we pushed out or that yeah. I pushed out. Yeah. Um, I, I said that I wouldn't vote for Trump and it was based on his policy and his yeah. history and the words that he said. And, and yeah. that was, but it was not, but you know, that was again, anti-vaxxer, mm-hmm. never Trumper. This is all tactic and technique of psychological warfare yeah, where you, you pigeonhole and you shove people into a corner, you identify them. And it's, I mean, it's, it's the same thing that they did that they've done throughout history to yeah. dissident groups and, and people who are, are trying to platform truth, which is what, what I have always done on my show. That's always been the guiding principle for my show is out, you know, I'm going to get things wrong from time to time, right. but I am going to try. I, I will, I will always tell the truth, mm-hmm. whether I get it wrong or I get it right, or you don't like it or you do like it. As long as I'm given this platform, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use the mic to tell the truth. Right. And so I've been small purposefully uh, on purpose because you, in order to get to the echelon that some of these people are at today, because the conning and mainstream media and the political circus, both left and right, is so corrupted mm-hmm. that you cannot get And this. You know, this goes back to Rush Limbaugh and and making this statement that this is about entertainment and not mm-hmm. principle. Oh, yeah. That, That's that why Trump's was, been doing these attacks on DeSantis. It's, it's clown show political yeah. uh, performance. And I'm, I'm over it. I'm tired of it. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, that was a critical moment in the body politic, where we accepted as an audience and the and 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 political media accepted as a norm yeah. that none of this is real. This yeah. is just entertainment. Yeah. Aren't we all having fun? Yeah. And for me, as a mom of three kids, this isn't fun anymore. I don't no. do this because it's I fun. Agree. I, I agree. do this because yep. I am absolutely. 
inflation, the economy's in shambles. We've got World War III kicking off over here. I agree. It's time for the the shenanigans to stop because I feel like, and I'm glad you said that because I feel like when Trump first hit the scene, he, and I've said this so many times, he spoke the language of the American people. He did. He resonated with a lot of us because when you give a big F you to the left, it's like, yeah, "Yeah, we can get behind this. You know, he would, he would say things in a typical New Yorker style. It's like, okay, this guy's actually talking our language. Um, And then Trump gets elected. And then we start to see things happening. Like he talks about the red flag laws back in those. He talks about all these other things. Um, And you start to kind of watch. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. Uh, I noticed a lot of people that when Trump went after the second amendment, the Kirks, the NRA, nothing, not a peep, not a peep. And I'm like, so then you're not constitutionalists. You're just Trump loyalists is what this has turned into. So Candace never moved on from that. She's always been a Trump loyalist. And there's a tweet circulating right now in the DeSantis camp area of Candace Owens praising Ron DeSantis. And that's what I find to be just very inauthentic on behalf of a lot of these people. And I can't, I can't even believe I have to cat turd, which is just a backwoods trailer park. Well, let's talk about rumble because Captured. Here we go. I was waiting for this. Let's do it. Well, because remember, this is what got, like I said, I always get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. I I get in so much trouble that Dan Bongino blocks me. He blocked you? He didn't block me. Oh, no. no. Well, no. First, he he blocked me like three or four months ago. Okay. Okay. Then he goes out of his way last week to unblock me. Oh. So he can call me um, a lying piece of trash. Cowardly piece of trash, yeah. Of, uh, you know, SH, you know what. Mm -hmm. And this is because, like I always do, I'm I'm critiquing Rumble yeah. and the platforming. I mean, this is very concerning. It should be very concerning to everyone. Are Why you is- on Rumble right now? Are you watching the Rumble chat by any chance? Yes, I, okay. I'm not on the Rumble we- chat, but yeah. Okay, I, I want to ask my Rumble followers, how many times in the last, say, year, two years I've been streaming, have I talked about who Rumble consistently features at the top picks? It's always Russell Brand, Steven yep. Crowder, Bongino, Trump, Kimberly Gofoyle, Trump Jr. Yep. And when you started saying that, my Rumble chat, I have the receipts. Now, the Rumble CEO, you know, I see, you know, I've been talking and he, he agrees that he's going to start trying to get some more people in there. It's like, but it should not have taken me to say, I'm glad he's doing it. Don't get me wrong. But when you started saying that, I'm like, she, she sees it. She sees yeah. it. There was a massive, there's a massive, um, massive Trump presence on Rumble. And so people were arguing with you and myself because I I'd commented on that. That was like, Rumble's in bed with Trump. I was like, 100% agree with that. It was like, yeah. you cannot sit there and have the likes of Kimberly Goldfoyle, Cat Turd, the rest of these people. I was like, no. There, there can be a prominent presence of Trump on there, but when essentially... um. Iowa's governor endorsed DeSantis. It was nowhere on Rumble. Nobody was there. And I was streaming, but I never get any help. And so as a DeSantis oh, yeah. voice, John, if you will. Yeah, I've been on both sides of this coin. And when when Rumble gives you like a five minutes of mm-hmm. a promotional mention yep. on the editorial page, it's a difference between 5,000 views and 50,000 views. Uh-huh. That's yeah. how big a deal it is. And mm-hmm. so when I was talking with my production company and they're like, oh, well, you know, you're just not really resonating with the people. And no, that's not to spice it. things up a little bit. Then, I'm then like, you ask them, like, then why am I growing on Twitter? Why am right. I growing I, on there? Exactly. Why did my Ron DeSantis interview get 600,000 views on Twitter and only, you know, 8,000 views on Rumble? And why is Cat Turd in the litter box? some rando who doesn't even go on air and like goes through websites and talks ad nauseum about nothing for two hours, but he's a big Trumper. Why is he getting a hundred thousand views per like Mm non-show? Like that doesn't make any sense. And I've been in broadcasting for 25 years. 
I'm no spring chicken. I've been around the block a couple times. All right. Mm. I know how this stuff works. There is no way in hell you can tell me that there are not side deals, back deals. Now, is this happening through the Trump campaign? Of course not. They're not that stupid. They're not yeah. going to list it on their FCC filings yeah. or, or how, their elect, their campaign filings. Mm -hmm. No, these are these are shell companies, shell corporations. Don Trump Jr. started some company over here. They're <clears throat> dumping money into Rumble, and I get it. It's competitive out there. But you know what? Like something is very. They're messing mm -hmm. with the algorithms. They came onto the, the the playing field because of other social media companies messing with the algorithms, and it's just yep. too obvious. They have I, a problem. I had to really go complain a lot about the notifications going out on Rumble. A lot of my followers are like, dude, I followed you. I never get notifications. Never, I get them on Keck. Now they do. Yeah. Now they do, and I was just like, wait a minute. Why? Why is it suddenly yeah. fixed? Like, I'm not, you know, just the fact that they, they said they're going to start rotating me now. It's like, okay, fair enough. But don't think I'm going to stop criticizing. It's like, that's just not the way this works. But Bongino's behavior towards you was disgusting. Bongino was one of those guys that wants to sit there and posture as if he's tough. It's like, bro, you were secret service. You're not some kind of badass. So but I, I'd, I'd seen the way he responded to you. I'm like, bro, you need to cool your jets. And the way he talked about it, he, like he was trying to like just straight up threaten me. It's like, bro, this isn't going to end well for you. It's like, don't, don't you sit there and think for a second someone like me is going to back down from the likes of you. I was like, you're a Trump loyalist. Like, oh, cool. You don't criticize the Sanders. Like, That's fine. But the guy yeah. that you align yourself with most certainly does. But Bongino is also part owner of Rumble. So naturally, he's always going to side with Rumble. As a business owner myself, the proper way to have addressed that is like, hey, Shannon, um, I see you have some criticisms. Tell me what's the problem. Let's let's talk about this. Let's see because ultimately, and this is the, this is what I've told Rumble. Chris actually tuned in one time to listen. I was like, what you need to realize is that if you don't look at True Social and what it's become, which is a massive echo chamber, right. Rumble will go the same way. Rumble yeah. has something here. There is something here that's special. They don't censor. Yeah. They don't ban. I was like, we need to maintain this. But if you want this to go the way of true social, it will. I was like, you've got to have diversity of opinion. And I mean, as far as like, let's get some liberals over here. Offer them some deals. Get some right. big, prominent leftist voices over here. And it's not because we agree with them, but we've got to have diversity because if you don't have diversity, it's an echo chamber. And we get tired of that. Otherwise, Twitter wouldn't be so appealing. The MAGA right. Santa's beef, it's very appealing because it's diversity of thought and opinion and we learn. But yeah. again, if it turns into a Bongino crowd or cat turd show, what's the point? We don't stand a chance of getting discoverability over here, which they said they're working on. But a lot of the stuff is kind of like, you've been, you've been in business for 10 years. Why are you just now getting to this? But better late than never, I guess. So I do respect that. But I saw Bongino's behavior towards you was just so unprofessional. Well, it started with Bongino. I, it's really interesting. I'm small potatoes, so it's very clearly not. If you got his attention, I mean, well, I have a feeling that he does this, and that these guys will do this type of thing from time to time to people who pop their head out yeah. and trying like yeah. And I think very often it gets them to kind of shut up and back down. But he clearly doesn't know me because I've never <laughs> shut up. Uh, I just don't back down because I don't care. So I mean, listen, I'm like I'm completely independent. Mm -hmm. um, I have a great husband. I don't do this for the money or the fame or anything. So that's kind of like my superpower that I just don't care that much. Um, mm -hmm. I care more about my family and my community. And, and, um, I, I do, I do remember, I got to interject you. I do remember that Dan tweeted something at you and he's like, answer man. You came back. It's like, Hey, I just having dinner with my three kids. I have a life. Calm down. It's like, oh my God, you got him on that one. I know. Like, so I made the tweet. So basically he was what sitting happened, there just respond and like, bro, chill out. Right. And, and my tweet was about, um, 
my, my belief, and I think it's pretty obvious that there's some sort of pay to play happening on, on rumble, which is, which is okay. And it's not like mm-hmm. when you have a company or a media company, you are going to have some editorial control over oh, yeah. who is platformed and who isn't. So there's a certain amount of that is, that is quite fine. It is just so obvious. And I happen to think that my show has been suppressed in some ways, um, by algorithms. I don't know if it's, you know, if it's on purpose or if it's a certain genre of, well, the way it started was there was no discoverability. Like the, the way rumble really initiated was that you kind of had to bring your own audience over, which I I understand. I get that. That makes sense. But then there comes a point where you need to have some type of discoverability in place to where smaller streamers have a chance at making it bigger, because if not, what's the point? I mean, Twitch, Twitch wasn't really good at it. Kicks semi okay at it, but I do want to see rumble succeed. And to, that was just a caveat off your point there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Bongino just went from zero to 100 at that and was basically like, um, take it. What, are you insinuating that yeah. I would compromise my integrity? You know, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, remember, he had to unblock me in order to engage with me because he blocked me three months ago because I called him out. He told his audience that um, Trump is inevitable. It's going to be Trump. Yeah, I like DeSantis, but it's going to be Trump. And who cares if he has 91 indictments? Who cares if he goes to jail? He can run his campaign from a prison cell. Heck, he can run his he can run his presidency from a prison cell because nothing's stopping the Trump train. Mm. That's what I originally criticized him on. I said something on Twitter about it. He blocked me comes out to unblock me so that he can attack me for questioning, um, you know, what I see as pay to play on, on rumble. And yeah, he's, he's like, are you accusing me of blah, 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 blah. And then eight minutes later, he's like, answer me. What are you? (laughs) And so I literally, I went, I tweeted, I went to have dinner with my family and then I came back like, I don't know, an hour later and the entire thing blew up and I'm like, Oh gosh, what did I do this time? Like what did I <laughs> Pissed do? Off on Gino. Oh, I hit hornet's nest all mm-hmm. the time. I never do it on purpose. It's really just me like mm-hmm. asking questions. Well, I mean, you were justifying <laughs> a lot of your criticisms because I'm looking as like, she's not wrong on this one. Even a lot of my people are like, oh, she's not wrong on this. Like we see yeah. the blatant favoritism that was going on. Hopefully they change. Hopefully it changes for the better. Because again, yeah. like, like I said though, we need diversity of thought. We need other streamers out there because again, to your point, Dave Rubin was perfectly cordial and he responded. Yeah, I like Dave. I respect Dave. He, he, said, yeah. he, he was like, I can assure you, Shannon, that this is not happening at Rumble. Now, I don't believe him. Yeah, me neither, yeah. <laughs> it, it is happening, but, it, but at least it wasn't the, you're a piece of, tra- you're, you know, what did he call me? Piece of trash and piece, trash, piece yeah. of, tea, you know, whatever. A cowardly piece of trash. Well, yeah. That's it, Dan. That's it. Challenger will fight. Dan. There's nothing like Dan, Dan challenge to a fight. <laughs> You big, you big tough man, Dan. I'm not afraid of you. I don't God. listen to Bongino. I, I actually don't even listen to, to anybody's content, quite honestly. I don't listen to Shapiro. I, I tune in every so often. So, you know, my partner, Josh, likes listening to Bongino, and he fills me in a lot of things that Bongino says. I don't know where he stands on a lot of things. I respect the fact that he doesn't attack DeSantis. That's good. No, I, I sincerely do respect that. It's like, but, yeah, but to say like things both, like... What, no, what, what, that's like ahead. 300 level. That is 300 level propaganda, though. They don't attack DeSantis because they know that DeSantis's support is too strong. Mm-hmm. So what they say yeah. is, I, they want love to alienate, DeSantis. Yeah. I love DeSantis, but Trump is inevitable. Yeah. I love DeSantis, but the Trump train, you can't stop the Trump train. So it, you have, so then people are like, yeah, I like DeSantis, but we're all going to fall in line for Trump. So yeah. you have like the Trumpers, like Turning Point USA and Posobiec and Candace Owens. They blocked me. And th- yeah, they, whatever. And then you have, you have the guys who are still doing the propaganda work for Trump mm-hmm. by telling their audience that DeSantis doesn't have a chance. 
that is a smothering effect. That smothers engagement, it smothers excitement, it smothers fundraising, and it contributes to the polling. Then you have like the 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 fake polling from Rasmussen. By the way, Rasmussen blocked is now me too. blocking everyone. Yeah, they blocked me. They said this is a coordinated effort of the Santa's camp to go after it's like, uh no. Through a series of your own tweets, we've seen how clearly you are not for or in favor of Ron DeSantis. And it's interesting you bring that up because I had this article that uh, Breitbart posted this and it's trending. It was trending yesterday. It talked about that uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has dropped to fourth place in New Hampshire's presidential primary. Folks, I've got the uh, the thing right here if you're watching on the screen. This, this polling was conducted by Emerson College. I posted mm-hmm. this on my Twitter right here. Um, you can download the results. It's uh, Just go to emersoncollegepolling.com and then click on the actual polling results. Folks, right here. This is the poll. How many people, and by the way, Rhode Island, excuse me, New Hampshire, 1.3 million population. They polled 917 people. 917 people they polled, and that's the polling they're conducting or they're using to show that DeSantis is lost. It's over. It's like, bro, you picked 1,000 people out of 1.3 million, and you find that to be, and again, here's the thing, though. That's actually status quo. That's the standard. It's usually around 1,000 people. So in a lot of the MAGA camps, is the polling, the polling, the polling. Bro, your polling is vastly inaccurate. And I always love going back to, like, if you want to go by polling then, where did Trump poll against Hillary back in 2015? He was getting slaughtered. It's like, But suddenly the polls don't matter. But now they do. It's like, let's watch Iowa. I think Iowa is going to be a very good um, pivotal moment. If DeSantis can take Iowa... Um, I like how Tim, Tim cool on Twitter. I love Tim cool. He talked about if DeSantis takes Iowa, that is the Rocky Balboa cuts Ivan Drago. And now this is a fight. If DeSantis doesn't take Iowa, it's not going to look good, but we'll see. We'll see. I think, I think all DeSantis needs to do is do well in Iowa. Mm -hmm. And you know, so even if he doesn't take it, I think that if he is, um, in second place and it's a, it's a close race, he Mm -hmm. is off to the races. Remember a lot Mm -hmm. of the Iowa caucus winners, do not go on to be the nominee for the GOP. Right. Ted Cruz comes to mind. He, right. he won an early Iowa caucus against mm-hmm. Donald Trump. And so this is going to play out, at, you know, at least until, um, you know, the the, the southern states, until you mm-hmm. get to South Carolina. So yeah. um, the, the thing about DeSantis is I th- what we're dealing with here, like from my perspective, what you're what you're identifying here, these are obviously push polls. Um, the polling is designed, polling has been as corrupted as conservative media, as corrupted as mainstream yep. media, as corrupted as both political parties. So what we're dealing, what you're raging against and rightly so, and so many people, um, from the independent, um, portion of, of media are, are grappling with is a, basically this, this very controlled ecosystem of thought and it's essentially um, choosing the candidates for us, yeah. forcing those candidates on us, and then forcing us to make false choices. Again, going back to what we originally talked about, it's always about dividing. So the Candace versus Owen thing is really not about anything more. I think for them, they're going to get a lot of splashy you know, play out of this. But it's more about saying you have to choose a side on Israel mm-hmm. and Palestine, and, and we're going we're gonna to break apart things. And it's the same with these elections, but it's also giving us controlled choices. Yeah. So controlled choices. Or the illusion that you have a choice. Or the illusion. It's a Hegelian dialectic, and it's basically um, 
when my kids, you know, come home for dinner and I'm like, well, you can have peas or carrots, but you're going to have a vegetable. Right. right. And they're like, oh, goody, I get to choose between peas and carrots. And I'm up there saying, yeah, but it's still a vegetable. <laughs> All right. Um, and that's it, why you should never listen to mothers. No, nah, I'm kidding. Right. Repeal that's, the 19th. Repeal the 19th. That right there. Sneaky, right. sneaky. Well, and that's what they're trying to do with Trump. They're, yeah. What you're identifying is a very core polling companies, the left-wing news media, the rhino Republicans, the Democrats, conservative media, the new alternative conservative media, like the new, um, you know, uh, rumble channels and the social media aggregates and all of yeah. the influencers, right? All of them are pushing. It's like this massive push to get all of us to just say it's going to yeah. be Trump. Yeah. Then we have the Trump-Biden contest. And whoever it is picks the winner, elections rigged, whatever, but it's all more of the same. Yeah. So right now is a very critical moment. It reminds me of the moment when they were rolling out the vaccines and you saw the uptake tick up. It was 10%, yeah. 20%, 30%. I remember telling my audience, if we can, if we can keep this at right around 60 to 70% of, of uptake for the COVID vaccines then we have a fighting chance. We have mm -hmm. a shot. We have a large enough constituency group that will then become the new centerpiece of a new, I don't want to say political party, but a new freedom movement mm -hmm. that will be the core of what happens over the next hundred years. I do believe we're at a hundred year moment mm -hmm. right now. We were, you know, during- There's so much purging and bad blood being spilled right now, but I, I've been yeah. telling people all this infighting is like, it's needed. I was like, you have to have this. Yes. I've never seen a primary this bad before, but then again, we also, we weren't as prominent on social media as we was year, where we, excuse me, as we were years ago, but now we yeah. are. But the infighting is something that people like I saw Dana Lash had talked about, like, we need to stop this infighting. Like, mm, no, I think it needs to happen. I think people no. need to I, we need to see people pull their masks back and yeah. see who they really are. I think yeah. now I've seen so many people look at Tucker Carlson and be like, I am so disappointed in you. Yeah. Candace Owens, even like you said, Ben Shapiro. Um, it's just one of those things that I feel like uh, that's why people should listen to shows like this, because, uh, you know, we're not rich. We're not big. We're not famous. But uh, we have some really good opinions. We're happy. <laughs> we're happy, we? we're nah. free, we're independent. I, I say yeah. all the time, you know, I like I don't I, I, I like being free. I like being independent and mm -hmm. we're able to muddle along here. And you're absolutely right. Like this is um, this is a, a moment where we're going to choose which direction this country is going to go. And right now, unfortunately, and this is a hard truth, right? Like accepting hard truths, it's not fun. Yeah. And, you know, the infighting is not fun. Um, but I agree with you that it's necessary because what we're dealing with is 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 truth. We're mm -hmm. trying to get to truth. And I can tell you, I was here. I mean, this type of infighting I experienced, this this whole process I experienced in 2015 with the Trump crew. Well, I'm sure you did especially because you weren't for Trump back then either. Oh, absolutely. And I, rem I, and I can tell you they're using all of the same tactics, mm -hmm. the early polls, the yeah. bots and trolls on Twitter, yeah. the influencers, the people who are pushing Trump and the people I remember at the time it, it was Rush Limbaugh. It was Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, all in November of 2015 who are like, well, we love Cruz. Cruz is everything we want for a candidate. He's done everything we could ever want, but Trump is inevitable. Yeah. I, they use the inevitability. They use, I mean, every single tactic that they used back it's in It's like, give them a crumb of what they want, but keep the loaf over here to make them come yeah. over to our side. It's like, I oh, will give you something. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, 
these are tactics. This is, you know, and, um, you know, what I like to do for my audience, I just, I call my, I, I consider myself to be kind of a cultural anthropologist, a political anthropologist where I just observe, mm-hmm. I just watch, but I, I pay unless you're pissing off Dan Bongino, <laughs> well, but it, that's what it is. It's that like I watch and I pay attention. I look for patterns and then I spot the pattern and then I talk about it and then I piss yeah. everyone off. <laughs> So, I mean, what, what can I say? But yeah, Dan, Dan Bongino, um, yeah, that was interesting. I, it's, it's not my first hustle with, you know, you know, big, big, loud people who want me to shut up. Do you but, think that's what they try and do? They think that their name carries so much weight on social media that you'll back down and backpedal. It's like, if I get, oh, sure. cause I, he tweeted out like not long after that, today's not the day to fuck with me. And I was like, all right, bro, I'm going to fuck with you then. So I tweeted him back. I was like, or right, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to yeah. do, man? I appreciated that. That was nice of you. See, like it's, but yeah, like, and that surprised me too. I'm like, that was really like, I'm not trying to F with you. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying what I think. Um, yeah. I mean, so, that was, that was a legitimate criticism. Like if you were out there just saying like, you know, just outlandish things that couldn't be proven, it's like, ah, you're a little off the market. But what you were saying is like, I agree. Like I see this every single day on rumble. And now, you know, I was talking to Austin Peterson who, uh, you know, he gave me some heads up on like how to get better on rumble and stuff like that. But even, you know, he, he, he'd seen in the past. It's like, Austin's like, you gotta be careful, man. It's like, it's, it's like, if you're not banging the Trump drum, but uh, he, he's, you know, I'm not trying to draw him into this, but it was just one of those things to where when I saw what you tweeted, I was like, dude, I've been dealing yeah. with this for two years. I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree with you. Well, here's the other mistake that they're making. Like Trump isn't the source of all money, all commerce, all business. You can't, it's it's not that you won't ever be able to sell anything ever again if Trump isn't the candidate. At least not Trump candidate. NFTs. <laughs> no, I, right. I, right. I mean, but like that's, people are mistaking this idea. They're mistakenly thinking that, Trump is this, has all of this energy and he, you're, you're going to sell. It's literally like a tiny subset. If you substituted Trump with a DeSantis or with mm. another candidate, there, there would still be energy. There would still be commerce happening. People yeah. would still be supporting products and buying products. Like that's insane to think that the economy can only function in the conservative ecosystem with a Trump candidacy. Like right. that is so short-sighted yeah. and it's not a good long-term business model because eventually Trump is going to have to go away. Yeah. Go away. And you still have to sell your mugs and your t-shirts and your, whatever it is that you sell your, you know, I like how you're doing it with the, you know, your own product that you believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty smart, but, um, I realized that because well, we were talking prior to the show about like our, our, both of our histories in regards to social media. And it's like, you and I have very similar trajectories, but I had seen a lot of these influencers like the DC Dranos, who I used to be pretty, pretty cool, cool friends with. I saw them go that route because then they started slinging these Trump shirts made in China for like $200 oh, yeah. for a post. And these organizations, these companies reach out and do sponsored posts. Well, what happens though, is that when you start taking money to, to get, you know, sponsored posts, now you back them. Well, a lot of these backings did not align with like conservative principles. Like Trump, yeah. Trump comes out, there's this China, and then you're selling shirts and flags made in China for Donald Trump. So I'm kind of like, bro, I'm not seeing your, the consistency in your logic here. But um, once we launched our own company, it's, it was one of those things that I did not realize at the time were going to keep us, um, excuse me, would safeguard us from being able to be f- independently, uh, financially independently successful yeah, and thus allowing you. us to speak our true minds. Cause no one's going to cancel us. No one's going to fire me. I own the damn company. You're not going to fire right. me. Now yep. we do risk losing customers, but I mean, that's just, that comes with the nature of the business because 
you know, I think I would rather have people say, well, I'm never going to buy from you again. It's like, well, okay, fine. That's your prerogative. I mean, if, if you were only buying it with me, from me because of my political opinions and not because of the, not because of the, the product quality, then okay, fair enough. But at the same time, I don't think that's any way to position oneself to say like, I'm going to start riding this fence or I'm going to start agreeing with the majority of the people just because they're paying customers. I make that very well known from the get-go. It's like, you can be a paying customer. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to me if you disagree with me. I'm still going to, uh, no, absolutely yeah. not. But do I do, we do have a lot of supporters of the show that like, like John, I don't agree with about 50% of what you say, but I respect the fact that you at least come with logic and your common sense and it's a good faith approach. So sure. I think when you can be intellectually honest with people and say, look, these are the reasons why I don't support Trump. These are the reasons why I used to or dissent, whatever. And you can actually lay out your map. It's like, this is why I think the way I do. This is not Candace Owen saying Christ is king. It's like, I no, th that's not what we're doing here. I refuse yeah. to participate in that type of deflection tactic to shield myself from criticisms from having just really yeah. crappy takes. Well, and that's I'll why we what. also encourage people to call in debate. Like, you can call in. I, I, we always have the number, not today, because we have a guest. But it's like, right. call in debate. Debate the point, you know? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and that's I, that really, as, you know, I'm a I'm a Christian. I, you know, my show is not a religious show, but mm -hmm. I don't hide the fact that I'm, I am a born-again Christian. I've been a Christian for 41 years. Um, but that's offensive to me when people come out and they start slinging around <sighs> the the scripture and especially like it would be one thing if I'm, I'm telling you, it would be one thing if she didn't gaslight and prop up and cover for Andrew Tate, that would be, you yeah. know, but that Andrew Tate thing really just set me yeah. off. I'm like, that's come on now. He yeah. is a blatant pornographer. He's disgusting, vile, sex trafficker, abusive, mm -hmm. manipulative. And, he, and, and there are hundreds of hours of video out. Anyone with a half a brain and a couple hours to do due diligence would know the truth about this guy. Yeah. Even if he's not, even if he's not convicted of um, what they're accusing him of in Romania, he's still a vile, vile person. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's not okay. And I appreciate, you know, it's very refreshing for me to see you coming up in this way as well, completely independent. I think it's really important. I want to commend you for putting that independence ahead of everything. And, and you really do have to give up certain um, elements. I will never forget there. You know, I had offers to get on the Trump bus and go down and meet Trump and, and yeah. join the team. Um, a lot of that, you know, it's, there's a lot of giving up of that um, in terms of you start uh, taking a paycheck, your opinion's yeah, gone. Now yeah. you echo and the king. We don't want to make a, I, you know, listen, I have a business myself. Um, I'm a small business, but to your point, you know, I was uh, very lucky to get deplatformed and thrown off very early in my career because it did, you know, I have other ways of generating revenue for my company from my listeners and my viewers who support the show independently at my website to my local advertisers. I have a very robust local uh, presence here in Rochester, New York. And so when the national stuff isn't happening, then, you know, the local works out when the local stuff isn't happening, the national stuff. And so it's just kind of muddling through just keeping um, clearly, clearly you have um, a certain amount of integrity and a desire to be mm -hmm. able to tell the truth or, or, or at least tell people what you really think. Yeah. Right. It's not necessarily that you think, you know, everything all the right. time or you're right about everything, but clearly yeah. you, you don't want to be put in a cage and you don't want to have to say things that you know yeah. are untrue or take positions that you know are untrue. And that's really all, that's where I've always been myself. Like I just can't do it. That's I like can't. the, that's the whole turning point thing to where it's kind of like turning point. I saw, 
essentially in any business model, you look at businesses like Black Rifle, Grunt Style, Nine Line. It's the same in the political sphere that when you have people going viral, when you have them developing big audiences revolving around politics, you want to incorporate them to your umbrella. So that's what right. Turning Point has made a, has done a very good job at doing. When somebody's going viral for whatever reason, they scoop them up and say, hey, you're going to be a Turning Point ambassador. And it's like, what do you get from this? Well, you get your, your face on a little cool little graphic and say, you know, I'm attending Turning Point, whatever. It's like, oh, all right, cool. Right. But what does that really mean? And then, you know, I'd seen this thing that Kirk did. Um, this is years ago. where basically he did this. He did this little talk from his, some, some of his uh, influencers. And, you know, I, I literally heard him say, it's like, you know, this public disagreement needs to stop. It's like, ah, no, absolutely yeah. not. It's like, this course is great. This course is wonderful. It's yeah. just that when it can be done with the understanding of like, look, we're still going to shake hands after this. Like we still are on the same side here. We just, we have some split hairs over some things, but mm -hmm. when I've seen organizations like they are trying staunch people from like, Hey, no, none of that. Well, then now you've got an echo chamber and then you're not going to actually go for the truth. You're going to go for what Trump says is the truth. And right. we all seen that Trump doesn't always tell the truth. So. Right. Well, and look at the look at the watered down, low level, one hundred level discourse that they promote. Mm. Right, it started with Hannity and Combs on Fox News. It yeah. is a controlled discourse. Now we're going to have discourse with Candace Owen and Ben Shapiro sniping back at each other. It's not yeah. real discourse about what's going on in Israel and Palestine. Yeah. If you want that, you can go to my you know my channel on Daily Cloud. I work with uh, Naomi Wolf and the folks over at Daily, Daily Cloud. I did a two hour special. <laughs> with um, two very freedom-loving women. One is pro-Palestine, she'd be considered to be from the left. The mm. other is pro-Israel, she'd be considered to be from the right. And like we slapped it right down on the kitchen table, yeah. full two hours of discourse where it was discourse. It was not easy, it was not fun the whole time, it was passionate, yeah. but it wasn't this kind of 100 level slinging, you know, poop at each other, which is what, <laughs> which is what you know, you see happening with Ken. That's not even, that's not even real discourse, but they don't want real discourse to happen. They don't want reason people who have, you know, intelligence coming in and debating something. They want it to be um, sophomoric, and low level because that's yeah. the way they see the American people and they want to control us. And so we guys just got to penetrate that. And I think we'll be okay. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that that's why I say like rumble needs to open it up to all types of voices and opinions, specifically yeah, like I the DeSantis ones. I think they are. I, I think I they think will. I mean, well, we'll say they're, they're rolling out a lot of updates and stuff like that. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to actually see it because rumble, they have needed it. They've needed this for a while. They're making it better because it gives people like Austin Peterson a bigger voice. And I think more people need to be tuned into his show because he has some very, very good takes there. He does a lot of debates. I respect that. And we need, again, like I said, diversity of thought. It's just steel sharpens steel. I think ultimately yeah. that's the best thing to have happen. So, well, Shannon, where can everybody yeah. find you at? Absolutely. The Rumble channel is the Shannon Joy show. So make sure you give the thumbs up and follow because again, uh, people don't see notifications and so you have to come in and check in. But I um, broadcast live every day at 11 a.m. on Rumble, also on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Shannon Joy Radio on Twitter. And you can support the show at theshannonjoy.com, theshannonjoy.com. Um, please don't judge me on the website. We're doing a whole revamp. I'm mm -hmm. working. I have a team coming tomorrow. We're going to revamp the whole website and hopefully get all the content, um, funneled directly to the website. Again, 
to your point, being independent is really like the most important thing from my perspective. And so that's why I platform at all these different places, but I uh, really appreciate you, John coming out and, and standing up for me. I mean, I'm a pretty tough gal on Twitter and I don't back down very easily, but it does, it really does um, help when you have people who notice what's going on and they come in and, and just with common sense and reason uh, support. So I really appreciate you. Um, aiding and abetting me last week on, on Twitter with the whole Bongino thing. And then having me on today, it is Absolutely. greatly appreciated. hundred percent. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much uh, for being here, Shannon. This yes. will be uh this will be uploaded today. We'll get this okay. out there. But yeah, absolutely. Because like I said, I see a lot of I see a lot of interesting opinions and hot takes on Twitter. And when I see somebody saying something that I align myself with and agree with, and then I see the pushback they get, it's just a matter of going in there and debating the facts. And Bongino wasn't even willing to do that. It's like, why can't we um, why can't we even have this discussion and and you know literally give legitimate constructive criticism without right. the ad hom right off the bat. Um, and you know, his behavior was just kind of like, what that, what, what, what is this? Like, come on, dude. We, it, and it's not like we don't want to see rumble succeed. Like I even told the CEOs like, bro, I want rumble to succeed. I want rumble to dominate YouTube. Why? Because you yeah. are a platform that does give people a voice that goes contrary to what, uh, a lot of the popular leftist narratives are. It's like, thank you for this. It's like, but, um, one of those things is don't again, turn this into a Trump echo chamber. Don't destroy right. what you have built. We don't want to see that. So right. it's with the best and of intentions. Listen, DeSantis might be the nominee. I mean, here's the thing. You like this know. whole Trump is inevitable, I see as very precarious mm -hmm. and very fragile. And, you know, Trump has a lot on his plate right now with the indictments and the money and mm -hmm. this idea that it's just in inevitable. I am telling my audience, you might want to hold on because uh, I think things I think there are going to be some surprising twists and turns in, in the next few months. I think so, too. I was telling people this. We still got a lot of innings left in this ballgame because when Trump Wait. came out and talked about like 15 week ban, I'm like, bro, you're basically pro choice at this point. He alienated yeah. a lot of his voter base on that one. It's like, so just give Trump more time. Who knows? DeSantis might step on some landmines, too. I don't know. But the point just goes overall. is like we still got a lot of innings to play. Don't yeah. don't throw in the towel yet. It's not over because, again, yeah. and that's not me just like, hey, you know, we're, we're going to lose. It's like, no, it's saying like, we still have a long way and anything can happen in this. Again, what Trump just did was like, bro, you just cost yourself a lot of voters on that one. So. Oh, absolutely. And listen, DeSantis doesn't make a lot of mistakes. If there's one thing, if you watch him over the course, I mean, when you, when you conceptualize what he has done in mm -hmm. the recent years of his governorship yeah. of Florida, it, it scares me. I mean, going after woke, going after mm -hmm. Disney, going after the lockdowns, Trump siding with Disney, John I Trump mean, Jr. siding with Bud Light. I'm like, what the hell is this about? If we're all sitting here talking about this trans agenda, the cultural LGBTQ Marxism that has engulfed this country, and then you turn around and just for political purposes, side with the enemy of one of your own. That is the most disgusting tactic I could ever see somebody taking. Like you can, you can go after it. If you want to go after Santa's fine, get him on yeah. the things that you actually disagree. With. I mean, Nikki Haley talking about, Hey, to say, or uh, Disney come up here to us. We'll take He's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, are you really, cause Nikki Haley, that woman oh, cannot stop. Worst. She can't stop stepping on landmines. Like now we're going to get rid worst. of anon accounts. It's like, wow. Like her campaign's done. Like she is done after this. So it's like, and justifiably yeah. so justifiably. So you walk right into this with your very authoritarian beliefs, your neocon shilling. What did you expect was going to happen? So I don't know, but like I said, it just goes to prove the point of there's a long, long time left in this yeah. game. Don't throw in the towel yet.
Yeah. Well, I'm super thankful that there are people like you out there. Absolutely. It's so late. Look, the sun is coming in and my typically when I broadcast, it's on like the other side of my office. And so mm-hmm. it's like, ah. <laughs> well, Shannon, awesome. again, thanks for being here today. Greatly appreciate you coming on the show and giving your, your insight and your opinions. Always wonderful to have you. And uh, we look forward to having you again in the future. Absolutely. And let's do a reciprocal. I'd love to have you on my show too. Sure, so, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You take care and have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye.